no longer in apartment 125, but it is surely unfiltered. Welcome back to 125 Unfiltered. Today, we're going to be talking about the running back situation in the NFL, headlined by my favorite player in the NFL, Saquon Barkley, not getting a long-term deal from the New York Giants. Three running backs on the franchise tag that did not get that long-term contract. I'm going to be giving my initial feelings on the Saquon situation, as again, favorite team is the Giants for now. And then also just the overall problem of the running back market in the NFL, because I have a lot of thoughts on this topic and and I've been tweeting a lot about it. And I think people are really skewing this whole idea that you just can't pay a running back big dollars. But without further ado, let's just hop straight in. Let's start with the Giants. The New York Giants last year made the playoffs and won a playoff game for the first time since Super Bowl 46. 10 years without a playoff win, and we break through beating the Vikings. Saquon Barkley was a huge part of last season. Dare I say, kind of kicked off and set the tone for the season with that two-point conversion against the Tennessee Titans. He had over 1,300 rushing yards, I believe, or all whatever. I think it was rushing yards. Not Definitely not all purpose. He, he caught the ball a lot. I don't have all the stats in front of me. This is going to be an opinion episode, so if I mess up a stat, apologies on that front, so I won't try and kind of stat you to death. But Seiko and Barkley, the most important player for the Giants offensively last year. He's the heart and soul of this team. He's a big locker room guy. Obviously been through uh, through the ringer with the Giants, through the injuries, just the terrible play. And last year, we, we finally break through. Him and Daniel Jones have their have their most successful seasons in the NFL, making the playoffs, again, winning a playoff game. And this year, with the draft picks we had and kind of the re-signings of Dexter Lawrence and then obviously Daniel Jones, this team looks like they can make it right back to the playoffs. However, in order to do that, they need Saquon Barkley. So when it was announced that Saquon and the Giants on July 17th would not reach a long-term deal at 4 p.m., I was I was pretty pissed. I was pretty dis- pretty disappointed because this is a guy again who has done everything the right way, and our offense is so dependent on Saquon Barkley. I think it is very similar to the situation in, t- in Tennessee. Derrick Henry is their offense. I believe that Saquon Barkley is our offense. I believe he is more of our offense than Daniel Jones. I also believe that he unlocked Daniel Jones, took a lot of pressure off him because every defensive coordinator, when game planning for the Giants, they're trying to stop Saquon Barkley. They're daring Daniel Jones to beat them, which to his credit, he did last year. Daniel Jones did have a good season. He did beat beat people. But at the end of the day, Saquon Barkley is the Giants' offense. And without him, if he actually dares to sit out at least one game, we're going to be into a rude awakening for how important he is to this football team and how reliant Daniel Jones' success has been on him because there won't be a running back to take all the pressure off him. Everyone will just say, well, we just need to stop Daniel Jones and this very mediocre receiving core Love the Darren Waller pickup, obviously, but I, I like Hodgins and Sterling Shepard's coming off an ACL tear, and but Darius Slayton, like these guys just aren't, they're not game changers. There, there's no Justin Jefferson on this roster. Darren Waller, maybe if he can stay healthy, but even then he's just a top five, I don't want to say just, he's a top five tight end when healthy, but he's got to, he's got to stay healthy and he's got to produce in a new system. 
But I think the main reason I'm annoyed with the Saquon situation, there are, there are a couple reasons. One, Dan Orlovsky said it perfectly on Get Up. The Giants chose to pay a quarterback who played good over a running back who played great. That's the perfect way to sum up the situation. Daniel Jones had a good season. He didn't have any Patrick Mahomes moments or games. I mean, the Vikings game out of out of any of them, but we all know that that Vikings defense was terrible. Saquon Barkley, again, was the bell cow for this offense. And I feel like it's kind of obvious that the Giants might have overlooked it, that that Jones was only able, was mainly able to be good because of the coaching and Saquon because of because of putting eight in the box, stacking the box, daring Jones to beat them with his arms, and then his legs opens up the play action game because well, uh, if if you want to dare to commit to Saquon play action or you got a QB option to get Daniel Jones running, so that's the first reason. But then also, I I think. You're the Giants. You have been terrible for a decade. You finally have some momentum. You finally have a chance to stay good. You've built a good core. Your GM knows what he's doing. He has drafted well since he's been here. You have a good rookie class. This roster is good enough. I don't want to be ambitious and say go to the Super Bowl. They can make an NFC title game if they're playing at their best. You got Dexter Lawrence in there. Hopefully Deontay Banks becomes pretty good. Still got Xavier McKinney. Kayvon Thibodeau is going to take another leap. They got two good offensive tackles. Andrew Thomas, one of the best tackles in the league. Evan Neal, which hopefully he will become a really good offensive tackle. They have what they need to make it back to the playoffs. But 26 is a part of that. Why would you risk interrupting all this progress that you've made for a few extra million dollars? That's just my take on it. If you're already going to pay him 11, why not pay him 13? Is that extra 2% of the cap really going to hurt you? Okay, you might miss out on a free agent because you're really stuck on the cap. Yes, you do have to pay Andrew Thomas and Xavier McKinney and whoever else comes about. But is saving that extra couple million really worth it to compromise your season? Because if Saquon sits out week one, which I don't think he's going to, and I'll get into that in a bit, we play the Dallas Cowboys, I believe on Monday Night Football, Daniel Jones is going to get mollywopped by that Cowboys defense, who he already does not play well against. I think he's won one game against the Cowboys in his four years. I think he's one in seven. It won't be a good look. The locker room won't like it. So I think the, the Giants are playing with fire. But now let me get to the more realistic side. That's my fan side. The realistic side is this. Saquon can't sit out. You can't pass up $10.1 million guaranteed. And I understand why a deal didn't get done. The Giants didn't want to offer more than whether it was more than $11 million a year or they didn't want to offer more than $22.5 million guaranteed, which would be what the two franchise tags would be uh, combined. But Saquon which makes sense on his side, is not going to accept a deal that doesn't offer more guaranteed dollars than the two franchise tags. So they were at a, they were at a standoff. But for the Giants, if Saquon does come back, which he's going to because we saw with Le'Veon Bell how much it hurt his career, 
Still got the back with the Jets, but was never the same running back after he sat out a year. The Giants get Saquon Barkley back this season on a cheaper deal than what it would have been. From a from a money standpoint, I think it's it's good. That's a good thing. You you're a player is coming he, he's still on your team he's still playing football but at a cheaper price than if you paid him long term but I, I do th- and, and I understand running back shelf lives are short and you're paying them for the future not for what they not for what they've done but I all I also just think Saquon can give you a, a good three to four years if it's a three-year deal I don't see why you don't pay him because if he balls out this year you're back in the same situation where he's 27. It's even less of an incentive to give him a deal because the NFL is so, so I guess, laser focused on not paying their running backs. But if you get him on the deal now, if you just pony up a couple extra million dollars, you don't have to worry about it. And now it's not this whole saga, which can be distracting for a team that's trying to get back to the playoffs. So overall, I, I think when Saquon comes back week one, because I do think he will come back week one. I don't think he's going to go to training camp or play in the preseason. Why would he? Why would he sign that tender and then get fined? But he's going to sign that tender before that first game against the Cowboys. He's going to play, and hopefully him sitting out is is not going to disrupt him being able to play well throughout the season because, again, we need him. So I, I'd say when that situation comes, when Saquon comes back, it'll be a win for the Giants this year. What if we have to pay him more? What if he requests a trade? What if he actually sits out the next year? What if we don't even want to franchise tag him? There are a lot of options that we could go about where Saquon Barkley's not on the team. And I think that's bad. I think that's a major mistake. I don't care about our fifth-round running back. He's not Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley... We, if you guys want to talk about how that game-changing speed might not be what it was when, when he was a rookie, well, neither are for most people in the NFL. But he's still one of the best running backs in the league. He's a top three running back, in my opinion. Can catch the ball, block well, explosive runner, home run hitter. I think he's still got it all, and I think he's still good for a few more years. So that's my take with the Giants. Now let's get to the bigger conversation, which is just the running back market overall because it is shot. It is dead. Teams don't want to pay running backs anymore. Josh Jacobs with the Raiders couldn't get a deal done. Going to have to play on the tag. Tony Pollard, same thing with the Cowboys. He did sign the, t- the, the franchise tag, but no long-term deal either. The last running back that got paid over $12 million a year was Nick Chubb over 700 days ago and here we are where one of the most exciting positions in all of football is being undervalued and completely discredited compared to other offensive skill positions and I think this graph I saw on Twitter is the perfect example of that it's not a graph it's a chart this chart is Super Bowl winning leading rushers in their base salary since 2009. Now, I think the league was different back in 2009. So I want to speed it up to 2016. We can go 2015 if we want. 2015, the Broncos won the Super Bowl. CJ Anderson, $585,000. Patriots, 2016. 
LeGarrette Blunt, 760. Eagles, LeGarrette Blunt, 900K. Patriots, Sony Michelle, 480. First round pick, by the way. Chiefs, Damian Williams, around a mil. Bucks with Leonard Fournette, $2 million, also a top five pick formerly. Rams, Cam Akers, 900K. Chiefs, uh, Pacheco, 870K. So there's a trend of teams not signing running backs to expensive contracts and then or the, the te- I'll say this, the teams that win the Super Bowl don't have an expensive running back. Here's the flaw in this entire chart, and it, it pisses me off because this chart is so misleading and disregards the like main point of like the NFL and what it takes to win. Let's look at these quarterbacks. Someone pointed out on Twitter that, Pey- that Peyton Manning in 2015 with the Broncos was not good, and, and he was right. Peyton Manning is was not good in 2015, but in 2014, 2013, he was a monster. So good. So coming off that year, Peyton, coming into that year, Peyton Manning was still one of the best quarterbacks. He's still Peyton Manning. And then we got Tom Brady, Nick Foles with the Eagles, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady with the Bucks, Matt Stafford, Patrick Mahomes. That is seven out of nine years where three of the best quarterbacks to ever play this game won the Super Bowl. Let's open our eyes here, people, and I'm very adamant about this. This is not about running backs. If you do not have a top five quarterback, you don't win. Kirk Cousins is a very good quarterback. I just started watching quarterback on Netflix yesterday. He's a great guy. And I've gained a lot of respect from him just from that first episode. But he's only won one playoff game. Very good quarterback, but he's not top five. Look at the quarterbacks that got there that didn't even win it. Joe Burrow. Russell Wilson's won one and lost one. If you want to go back to the early 2010s, Aaron Rodgers won one. Drew Brees won one. Mahomes obviously lost one. I mean, Cam Newton, his MVP season, you need a great quarterback if you want to win the Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts. I mean, the list goes on. This is not about running backs. And the reason why I feel this way, because for teams that don't have a Patrick Mahomes or don't have a Tom Brady, your running back can elevate the play of your offense and your quarterback because it takes pressure off him. The Jacksonville Jaguars with Blake Bortles and Leonard Fournette almost made the Super Bowl, should have made the Super Bowl if not for getting robbed on that fumble recovery by Miles Jack. Blake Bortles would have been in the Super Bowl. Not because of him, but because of the run game and the defense. Running the football and playing good defense, hard-nosed defense, is a way to go to the Super Bowl. So when, when people want to just discredit the running backs and bring up these stupid salaries, which, by the way, saw some of these players were first-round picks, it's not about that. I don't believe that. And for a team like the New York Giants, Daniel Jones is not a top five quarterback. He is not a game changer yet. So, you're going to need a Saquon Barkley to fill out your offense. And if and, and if I'm still haven't convinced you yet, I'm not going to convince anyone. Maybe, but just pointing out my argument: when you're this, when you're the Kansas City Chiefs, and you have Patrick Mahomes, or when you're when you're Josh Allen. You don't need a run game because you are the offense because you're good enough to be and you're the best. And 
It's just all passing. That's all you got to do. You just got to throw dots all day. You don't need a run game. The Bills run game is atrocious. You don't need it at all. Why pay for it? You have Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or Joe Burrow or, I mean, Jalen Hurts is, is a unique case, but Tom Brady later in his career kind of had a running game, but these with New England, they didn't need it because they were that great. But for the teams, which is 90% of them or 95% of them that don't have one of the all-time greats, you need a good running back to compete. And the end goal is to win a Super Bowl. But if you're not competing and you're not making the playoffs, you're not making the Super Bowl or winning it. And that that's kind of my state uh, case on this on this chart because there are yes there are a lot of good running backs in later rounds. Yes, they can be replaceable, but some of them are really special. Christian McCaffrey is worth sixteen mil. Nick Chubb is worth twelve. Saquon Barkley is worth. $12 million a year. Austin Eckler. I mean, Justin Herbert is a great quarterback, but he's not there yet. Eckler can help him out. All those dump-off passes that he makes, you need a safety valve like that. You need a guy who can catch those short routes, those short passes. And I think catching running backs are becoming more of a trend to be versatile, to be more than a running back, to, to have more value. And then lastly... To end this running back rant, I think it's bad for the game of football that we're treating running backs this way. Running backs are so fun. There's nothing like when you're a kid playing flag football or touch two-hand touch on the field with your friends at recess or in your neighborhood. There's nothing like just taking that football on a handoff or an end around. Or even if you catch the ball first. There's nothing like running with that ball, juking someone out, Spin move, however you see, whoever your favorite running back is, Saquon Barkley, whether back in the day it was Adrian Peterson, or for some of the older people, Marshall Falk, Barry Sanders, Eric Dickerson, the list goes on, Bo Jackson, Jim Brown, so many legendary running backs, and we remember the runs, the shiftiness, it adds another dimension to what is becoming a very pass-happy league. And the NFL can't lose that. The NFL cannot have a one-dimensional offense. But soon enough, if the running back position gets phased out like this, because why would you play running back? You can't get paid. Yeah, maybe $8 million, but let's keep tax into account here and, and what other positions are getting. We can't lose the position. Running backs are fun. They're exciting. They can take the ball at the line of scrimmage and run it off for a touchdown. Offensive line play matters a lot with that. It'll change how that is. So to kind of end it off in that little soliloquy, it's ups- it's I don't want to use upsetting. It's disappointing that running backs are starting to really get undervalued and misrepresented in today's game of football because yes there are great quarterbacks out there that go win Super Bowls but for the teams that don't have that and the teams just trying to rebuild a new running back which people draft all the time B. John Robinson the latest can just be what you need to make it back to the playoffs the Giants are in that situation same with the Tennessee Titans with Derrick Henry the 49ers I mean 
Christian McCaffrey made him a Super Bowl candidate. They would have made the Super Bowl, in my opinion, if they had a quarterback. Debo Samuel feels that way. And, uh, and, and one more point, I guess, with the whole shelf life on running backs. Wide receivers have a pretty short lifespan as well. They're still getting paid $20 million. People are calling DeAndre Hopkins washed. That's not what I saw last season. Oh, but he's 30. Well, it's only a couple years off of running backs. And wide receivers, there are a lot of wide receivers that come in, into this league. But I think it's it's because of the fact that the, that the league is becoming more pass-happy. And it's all about... And I agree, it's all about the quarterback. But a lot of these teams, again, don't have a good enough quarterback for him to do it on his own. All right. I think I got all my my opinions out there. That's going to do it for today's episode. Let me know what you think about the whole running back situation. Should they get paid? Should Saquon have gotten that few extra million dollars that the Giants were apparently a million... Two sides were a couple million dollars off or a million dollars off. What's your take on the whole situation? And um, excited to see what people say. It's been fun kind of talking to people about it on Twitter. And then hopefully Saquon Barkley is back as a giant. I put on Front Street so many times that if the Giants don't keep Saquon Barkley, it probably ends my fandom because we traded Odell a few years ago. I remember me and a friend in high school were... We are so annoyed that we traded Odell, our favorite player, and don't want it to happen again with Saquon. After a while, you start to kind of lose that fandom, and maybe, maybe I am more of a Saquon fan at this point. But if he's on the Giants, we're rooting for the Giants, and that's how it's going to be. And we're going to end it off like that. Thank you so much for listening. I'll try and get some more episodes out to you. But uh, I guess before the school year starts, still need to kind of make a little mini announcement episode. But I definitely want to preview field hockey, women's soccer, UNC football, because uh, college sports are coming right back around. We love the cycle. And I want to be here to talk about it before I, uh, I guess, go off on a little journey to kind of give you a sneak peek of what is coming up in my life. But once again, thank you so much for listening. And I'll speak to you next time.